0: I got maze. You got maced? Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> Wipe your face. Look, did you make it inside the Capitol, though? Yeah, the Capitol.
0: I, I made it like a foot inside,
1: and they pushed me out, and they maced me. As they should. What's your name? My name is Elizabeth. I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. But Elizabeth, why was you there anyway? We're serving the Capitol. It's a revolution. She's the cop. I see what's happening. I can read between the lines. Oh my God. Welcome back. Let's cut through the bullshit and get down to business.
0: What in the blue fuck was that?
1: I said I would not talk politics on this show and I'm not going to talk politics, but this uh, I just can't not touch it. I'll just say that what happened last Wednesday on the day I released the show to provide some levity to what I thought would be a circus, ended up being a total dumpster fire. And this is not about politics. It's about a large group of crazies, cultists, who do not represent anyone other than themselves and their ideology. And don't get confused and think that everyone who voted for Donald Trump thinks like these guys. They certainly do not represent the Republican Party, either. I have a lot of friends who vote red, and they're sickened by what they're seeing. This isn't about politics. This is about American or un-American history, specifically terrorism. Not since 9-11 have I seen anything like that. And this was a group of Americans doing this. People who are trapped in the Civil War era, thinking this was like custer's last stand you remember what happened to custer right he died what were these people thinking i don't recall a day since 9-11 when i was sadder complete horse shit and they embarrassed us on a world stage and and, uh, don't get confused the world is laughing at them not us let's be clear about this these backwoods motherfuckers they don't represent us We think with clear heads. They obviously do not. I understand they were upset. But look, if this was a Black Lives Matter march, the people of which would never have done this, they'd have been vaporized before they reached the steps of the Capitol building. They were gassed the last time they got close. What we saw was white privilege on a world stage. They rolled right up to the front door, broke windows, gave themselves a private tour during one of the most, you know, cherished ceremonies of our democracy that never gets press. Something that happens one day every four years and they were personally responsible for the deaths of two Capitol Police officers, one of which was beaten unconscious with a fire extinguisher. Animals. They're being arrested one by one every day and I hope they bury these idiots underneath the prison. All right, done with that. Let's get to the fun stuff. NFL Super Wild Card Weekend is behind us, and it wasn't all that wild, to be honest. I went 5-1 with my picks. The pesky Rams finished off the Seahawks. That sucked. Other teams advancing, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, New Orleans, and my secret football crush, the Cleveland Browns. I think Roethlisberger is done. He's thrown his last pass. The last half of this season, he looked like he just ran out of gas. And the Steelers owe him $41 million next year. I don't think he's getting that money. I think he's through. So on Saturday, it'll be the Rams visiting Green Bay. Ravens visit the Bills. Lamar Jackson, woof! That dude's got a serious chip on his shoulder. I see the Ravens advancing, too. On Sunday, the Browns visit the Chiefs. Good luck with that. And the Tom Brady Buccaneers visit New Orleans. That's another game I see being very close. So I don't know if it was divine intervention or just plain luck. But when COVID hit us hard in March of last year, and states started mandatory lockdowns, groceries became hard to come by, you couldn't find toilet paper anymore, which was weird, Netflix graced us all with maybe one of the best documentary series of all time, Tiger King. Joe Exotic became one of the best things to happen to 2020. This guy, if you haven't seen Tiger King, he's one of the most interesting human beings I've ever seen. He's a skinny, gun toting hillbilly with a bleached blonde mullet, brown Fu Manchu mustache. He owns a zoo in Oklahoma. And he has this rivalry and a deep hatred for Carol Baskin, who owns an animal sanctuary in Florida. And she sees Exotic as a criminal for keeping these tigers in captivity, which I don't disagree with. Things go south in a hurry. South. (laughs) I make a pun. If you haven't seen it, I won't give too much away. You should have seen it by now. But it takes so many twists and turns, you won't be able to stop watching this thing. It's like a drug. I can't play clips from it, but here's the audio from the trailer. It's not every day that a zookeeper went to prison for murder for hire. There are more captive tigers in the US than there are in the wild throughout the world. Animal people are nuts, man. They're all crazy. I'm sure y'all got a story to tell.
0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Joe Exotic, and this is Sarge. He was like a mythical character living out in the middle of bumfuck Oklahoma, who owned 1,200 tigers and lions and bears and shit. Come
1: here, love
0: me. spoken, good-looking, love to party and have fun. I don't think we're done blowing shit up today. I don't think <laughs> you are. Ah! A heart and a soul and a mind. I've learned from them. But Carol Baskin keeps saying, I can't have these tigers. If he ever had an enemy in his life, it was Carol Baskin.
1: Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's
0: Carol at Big Cat Rescue. Carol is the Mother Teresa of cats.
1: We will end the private possession of these cats.
0: This is my way of living, and nobody's going to tell me any otherwise. Carol has an army of people working for free. She's a plain hypocrite. She literally does everything that I do. So Joe says, will you go to Florida and what? You'll a What a story! And it got way bigger. Sometimes they say that on the prototype for Scarface.
1: We're supposed to be sexy, we're luring people in.
0: You may now kiss the grooms. You're gonna have to kill me to shut me up. This is my first album, I Saw Tiger. There's 28 songs and 16 music videos. I saw Tiger, now I, I saw Tiger, Tiger swimming.
1: Oh yeah, he produces music videos too, which you know for sure is not his voice. This guy's so involved in so many things. And he's the epitome of a narcissist. You're intrigued by him. You don't like him. But you do like him at the same time because you can't believe someone like this exists. He lives on his own planet. It got me thinking. If this was a reality series, which in a way it kind of is, would you say that you watch reality television? I mean, there's a stigma attached to reality TV. It's junk television. I mean, the reason why it's junk television is because the subjects are most often brainless, aloof, horrible, totally unlikable people. But if you're into it, you tune in every week to see what's going to happen next. And that's why the ratings are so high. The Kardashians, for example, I don't get it. I wanted to see what it was about. I watched one episode. I still don't get it. All the Housewives series, hard to watch. It's hard to understand why anyone would be interested in seeing grown women living extravagantly, behaving like spoiled children, and being horrible to one another. I think people watch this stuff so they can escape their own reality, so it works. I just don't know how that works when your own reality is probably so much less complicated than this. I hate to say it, but reality TV needs more Joe Exotics. They're not going to get that, though. That's what makes Netflix so brilliant. They search for these stories. They produce them in a way that networks like Bravo or E! never could. And that's the difference. Tiger King is a documentary series. And I don't think there's a whole lot of Joe Exotics out there. And We should all be thankful there is only one of these guys. (laughs) If there was ever an opportunity for Netflix to do a follow-up, I would watch the hell out of it. I hate zoos. I mean, I, I know they're cute when you're a kid. But these animals, they're in prison. And it's dangerous. You ever work in a zoo? I mean, never mind the smell of elephant shit all day long. It's dangerous work. Monkeys. Totally unstable creatures. The monkey shows you his teeth? That's not a smile. It's a sign of aggression. If he smiles at you, you're about to get fucked up. Or he'll shit in his hand and fling it at you. I mean, you see nasty stuff go down in Tiger King. And what do you expect? You're handling and feeding wild tigers. They'll mess your shit up. Have you ever had a cat? Catch a cat on a bad day, and it'll scratch the shit out of you. Imagine that 100 times with big teeth and a set of balls the size of mangoes.
0: At Big Cat Rescue in Tampa, a sanctuary made famous by the Netflix series Tiger King... Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's Carol from Big Cat Rescue. Horror unfolding less than 24 hours ago when Kimba Tiger, rescued from a Guatemalan circus in 2018, tore into the arm of a veteran volunteer and tiger keeper, nearly removing it. I could see that the arm was detached at the shoulder, that it's barely hanging on by a little bit of skin. Carol Baskin's group says the keeper opened a guillotine tunnel door like this one that had been clipped shut. Noting, it is against our protocols for anyone to stick any part of their body into a cage with a cat in it. In emotional audio shared with NBC News, Baskin addresses her staff. The reason you guys are here and doing this hard work every day is because of those breeders and dealers that are covered this cat out into the public and abusing them. Millions saw the results of a tiger attack play out on the wildly popular series when a worker lost a hand at the park owned by Baskin's nemesis, Joe Exotic. I'm never going to financially recover from this. That series made Baskin a household name. That's Carol Baskin down at Big Cat Rescue. It was all part of Carol Baskin's plan with Peter, the Carol Basket. Carol Baskin is so influential. And a pop icon for the pandemic, with a stint on Dancing with the Stars quickly following the release. But it also helps spotlight predatory practices, like breeding cats for commercial profit, inspiring congressional action. The fact of the matter is, Tiger King helped us immeasurably. Overnight, a bill overwhelmingly passed by the House calls for banning private ownership of big cats and ending so-called cub petting.
1: This didn't end well for anybody, especially the Tigers. Now, I have a friend who works in the hotel industry. She tells me it's been really hard for them through this pandemic here in California. Now, we're still on lockdown here, and this stat blew my mind. One in five people in Los Angeles have COVID. One in five. I've got a lot of friends in that city. So far, so good, but I'd be lying if I didn't say it scares the shit out of me. Anyway, I had to wonder what this is doing to Airbnb. I mean, if large hotel corporations are having a tough go of it, what's going on with private parties? who rent out rooms, apartments, townhomes. Not that I care about Airbnb all that much. I mean, I used them one time. My late wife wanted to take a family trip to the mountains. So we start looking at possibilities. The whole thing felt kind of creepy to me. But you're staying at someone's house. I've rented mountain cabins before, but these cabins, they're like, they're solely rentals. That's all it is. It's not someone's part-time home. You go into a place like this, you see personal shit all over the place. Photos of their family, coffee mugs that say world's greatest dad and stuff. It just feels strange being in a stranger's home while they're not there. Even if they're cool with it. So the first place she shows me, it's a guest house and it's on this people's property. It's behind the house, you know, like a casita. There's privacy at least, all right? I read the description from the owner. And there was shit in there like, you know, we love having people come and stay in our guest house. Don't be surprised if we come by for a visit, bring freshly baked muffins and coffee and have a chat. We're super friendly. I turned to her. I said, the fuck is this? I'm going on vacation and I've got to entertain these people. I'll spend the entire time there trying to avoid them. And what happens while we're gone? They're yeah, probably nosy. They're going to help themselves in, rifle through our stuff. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I don't know how anyone can even do this. Let strangers stay on your property? You know people fuck on their vacation, right? I'd not only toss the sheets when they left, I'd burn the goddamn mattress. It's gross. Rent a hotel room or a cabin rental that isn't someone's residence. It's Alabama beat Ohio State 52-24 to win Nick Saban's 7th National College Football Championship. Alabama's sixth with him as coach. It's not even fun to watch this anymore. This was the first time I just picked up a magazine during the game, and started reading. It's great for Alabama fans, but it's getting old for everybody else. Ah, uh, dude, I was visiting with my friends Mark and Nancy, and we got on the subject of interesting shows or movies to watch. They asked me if I'd ever seen episodes of uh, Big Mouth on Netflix. I hadn't even heard of it. They described it as a very adult cartoon series. I'm like, you know, I'm not into cartoons. You know, I haven't been into cartoons since I was 12. I don't watch The Simpsons, Family Dad, any of that. I watched a few episodes of Ren and Stimpy 20 years ago, but that was about it. So the idea of watching a cartoon, it's just not that appealing. But they assured me that the subject matter was very adult. So I said, all right, decided to give it a shot. Holy shit, I was not prepared for this. First episode of season one, within the first 90 seconds, you'll cringe. These middle schoolers are in a sex ed class. Someone says the word vagina, and suddenly this kid's libido comes to life as this massive hairy lion monster creature has a voice like Alec Baldwin impersonating Trump on Saturday Night Live and he talks him into excusing himself to go to the bathroom so he can whack one out and paint a Jackson Pollock in his pants the whole episode it's about jerking off comparing penis size all the horrors of puberty adolescence and being a preteen i mean there's a lot of girls in the show too it's not a show you binge watch you have to take it in small doses but it is absolutely hilarious Now, there's someone very special I want you guys to meet. Oh, uh, well, that's a pillow. No, 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 no. She's so much more than a pillow. Oof,
0: Maron, Don't you want to just stick your dick in her? Wait, what's that now? Jay, do you fuck the pillow? Yeah, my same question. Oh, yeah, guys. I fuck my pillow. (laughs) I'm sorry, my tone was off. Yes, I 100% fuck my pillow.
1: And by the way, spoiler alert, the kid gets the pillow pregnant. Actually, wait, spoiler alert. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he thinks he does until the pillow gives birth to a baby pillow that looks like his brother. It's that kind of show. So well written. It's dirty. It takes you back to when you were a teenager, confused by everything what you were feeling. You're alone with your thoughts, not realizing that your hormones are speaking to you subliminally. It's funny as hell, but also very scary if you've got teenage kids who are going through this right now. I know there's a message here for parents, but it goes beyond that. Because it explores relationships and sexuality and the adult characters. It's like the sex ed cartoon kids need, but seriously should not watch. Bottom line that I get from it, men need to do some homework when it comes to women. Not all of us, of course. But the more work you do to understand women... The better you're going to be in the long run when it comes to relationships with them. It's one more example that life does not come with a handbook. You know, come to think of it, I'm kinda of, I'm full of shit. I do watch cartoons. I watch Beavis and Butthead. That's a cartoon. Pixar movies, those are kind of like cartoons. So I guess I do. Yeah, no shock, that's why I'm still like a twelve year old. So hey, look, I I know I went a little off track with the what-if segment last week. It should be more intelligent, more thoughtful, a little more serious. I went with Michael Jackson thing instead. I thought it'd be funny. So this week, I'm going to be a bit more scientific, treat it more respectful, more adult. So here is my what-if for this week. What if farts had no smell? They sound ridiculous which is what makes them funny, as you can make the same noise by blowing air into a balloon and releasing it. But is that as funny? I see lots of upsides to this possibility. Would it be then okay to do them in public? Or would it still be seen as something offensive and disgusting? What if you're in, say, a crowded elevator? Would it be all right to start ripping ass all over these people? Maybe it could provide some levity without offending people with the smell of diarrhea, turning the whole place into a toilet. You know. (laughs) Give them a good laugh in the middle of their otherwise mundane day. (laughs) Downsides are all over the place. Sometimes you need the odor so you can tell if you've got stomach issues that need to be addressed. There would no longer be such a thing as a, a hot boxing or the Dutch oven. Other fun American pastimes that involve stinky gas. Also, the Blue Flamers Club. Complete disbanding. Be extinct. Another thing, look, it would put the company that makes Glade out of business. No more stick-ups. It could single-handedly ruin our economy. What if? We'll never know. Now i get serious for a second here. It- so many senators and House members stood up and said, this is not America. What happened today, it's not who we are. I think everybody was saying that. I read an article in The Atlantic earlier this week, and it focused on how denial is the heartbeat of this country. We deny that what we saw at the Capitol building wasn't American, when in reality, it actually is. The reason why we never get anywhere with race issues in this country gun violence, sexism, all the other social problems that we're straddled with. It's because we deny that they're more widespread than they are. What happened last week was precisely who we are. We should be ashamed about that. We should be ashamed that we let this happen. We need to admit this and vow to change it. The people who did this, they'll be held accountable, certainly, but we need to go further change policies and practices. It's painful. It'll be a painful process. The guy who wrote the article said, without pain, we can never heal. We need to see ourselves for who we truly are, not what we perceive ourselves to be. Our history in this country, has a lot of beauty in it, but it's also pretty goddamn ugly in spots. And it's not un-American to admit this. On the contrary, it's very American. If you love this country... Like you say you do, you'll do the things you need to do to change it for the better. It is not going to be fully healed in my lifetime, likely not your lifetime either. But if we continue to do our best to right our wrongs, stop denying the truth, we'll get there. The article was exceptional. And you know, citizens of every country have issues about their government, how it's run, the people. People in the UK, very vocal. Our Canadian brothers and sisters have issues, even though people in Canada are really nice about it. I've never met nicer people in my life. A Japanese has like a parliament and their equivalent of the Senate floor. I've seen people get into fistfights. They love their country. They want it to be the best it can be. But here we deny it and denial is poison. All right, here's your bizarre news item for the week. Police respond to chickens wreaking havoc at a New Jersey McDonald's. Police in New Jersey responded to a McDonald's parking lot where a pair of chickens were reported wreaking havoc and chasing customers. The Washington Township Police Department said, in a Facebook post, that an animal control officer was dispatched on a report of a flock of chickens wreaking havoc at our local McDonald's on Route 31 South the officer arrived to find two chickens harassing and chasing customers and pecking at car tires. The animal control officer was able to capture the chickens with help from the manager of the McDonald's eatery. The chickens were taken to the common sense for animal shelter where they were later claimed by their owners. Now my immediate thought when I read this was the irony of these chickens terrorizing customers at a fast food restaurant. They couldn't have possibly missed the Kentucky Fried Chicken joint across the street or maybe a Chick-fil-A. No, they beeline for the Golden Arches because they are fed up with this chicken sandwich war that's going on between McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, and Popeye's. And uh, hey, you know, a brother's got to take a side. And who gets terrorized by a chicken anyway? This is in New Jersey? What kind of alpha dog are you? Chicken comes running at you, you heel back and punt that bitch across the parking lot. (laughs) Defend yourselves. These are chickens, not rattlesnakes or mountain lions. Although, I got to tell you, chickens are mean little fuckers. When I was a kid, we had a dog. His name was Otis. I think we named him after the town drunk on the Andy Griffith show. And that should tell you a little something about my family. That little shit was constantly getting loose. Well, I guess one day he went into one of our neighbor's yards who had chickens and he wanted to play with them. And one of them ended up either pecking him in the eye or scratching him. And he comes back bloody, his eyes all messed up, green shit pouring out of it. We couldn't afford a vet bill. We were poor. He ended up getting sepsis or something and he died. But well, chickens walk around in their own shit all day. So you get scratched by one of these. You better get your ass to the hospital for a shot of antibiotics really quick. Anyway, so the next time you you feel guilty about eating some fried chicken or a chicken sandwich, remember these two punk asses chasing people around a parking lot, poking holes in their tires. Passive aggression like that deserves some payback. And there's no better payback than a crispy chicken sandwich. (laughs) Assholes. All right, I'm all out of stupid shit to say, at least for now. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week. Subscribe to Inane on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and follow the show on Twitter at The Inane Podcast. I appreciate your support. Until next time, cheers.